This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome. Oh, well, you got you got to clue me in on that. You're well, right. We sh- I should have written a cue card. Let's do it again. And welcome. welcome. Oh, that was great. That's fun. This is my favorite murder. We're a true crime comedy podcast uh, bl- c- coming to you live. That's right. From Los Angeles, <laughs> California. What? That's Karen Kilgara. And that's Georgia Hardstark. And we've got know. Stephen Ray Morris on the ones and twos. <laughs> that's right. He's holding it down for us. That's right. We're in the pod loft again. We, I got some feedback that, uh, if we, you know, we got to record Elvis doing a, his cookie meow. If we're going to be recording in the office, I totally forgot about that. Oh, was there no, there was none. Cause of the mini, we didn't we tack didn't, anything on. Yeah. I, we, I just didn't think about it. Steven, you're fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a real twist to sentence. I didn't see the ending. It started with an I and it ended with a U. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It did. It did. Uh, but we are in the pod loft right pod now. Loft. And it's a fucking lovely rainy night in LA. Oh my God. It actually is beautiful. It started raining this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And usually in LA, it starts, stops. It rains just long enough for your car to look dirtier right. than it did in the morning. <laughs> uh-huh. But not now. We're a straight, we're in straight up Portland, Oregon style I rain. I love it so much. I love it except for. And uh, sorry, this is the hackiest thing to go into, but people can't drive in the rain here. They're just like they they drive. I think I realized that they drive the way they drive in the not rain. And that's the problem. Yes. No one can adjust. Slow down, you fucking idiots. Things have your atmosphere has changed. (laughs) Look and listen. (laughs) And listen to the fucking rain. (laughs) You stupid. You fucking God. It's very, this is the kind of town though where it's a, it's a town filled with people who will not adjust to reality. Right. It's part of living here is living here and being like, I'm the greatest actor ever. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, you better dig all the way into that yeah. because you're going to need to hold on to it for 28 years. I was the prettiest girl at my high school. S- and, and, and I, I still, still am. It's a single tear, single tear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of like driving through the rain. I'm not in the rain. I'm not in the rain. I'm the prettiest girl from my high school. I'm like, all right. All right. Get out of here, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, God damn it. How dare you, Kelly? <laughs> Kelly, you're still pretty, but it's raining. Yeah. Kelly with an eye. Quit it. Kelly, it's, you know what? You can put the eye, but we know your mother named you with a Y. That's right. So do what you want. <laughs> we're not buying it. But we're, when we don't have to buy it. Yeah. Or any of your acting. That's right. Guess God, what? What? Just act like you talk normally. <laughs> Try to convince people that you're not acting. That's the, you know what? Is that acting? That's the acting class that I'm going to charge a thousand dollars a week for. <laughs> just, just talk, talk, it, just talk normal. And yeah. then you're like, there, you're acting. There. I say you're acting. What? 
What is it about getting in front of a camera that makes you, including me, I'm not an actor, insane? Well, you know, it brings out all your insecurity where it's oh. like the second you're there, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I mean, I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. I am anybody that gives me a part. I'm the worst. I immediately forget all my lines and all I all my brain will say is I shouldn't be here. I'm a fraud. They're going to figure me out. I'm not, this. I'm not good enough. And yeah. can you see this strange hatchet like line <laughs> in my forehead? And is that what you're really focusing on? Mine is don't do that with your mouth. Don't do that thing with your mouth. You do this weird thing with your mouth. Stop doing that thing with your mouth. What do you do with your mouth? Uh, I just I have this. I don't know. My mouth is just complicated. Because I, you know what I do when I'm nervous? Mm. I hold oh. my lips together <laughs> like I'm just trying to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> which is so symbolic of that's really what if I'm truly nervous, it's I'm holding I my lips it. together Where like do that girl's don't, lips go on camera. Don't say it. She's trying not to have an outburst. Okay. So it's like mm, mm. it looks like I'm like mm, mm. Mm-hmm. but really I'm just like don't say anything please yeah. don't say anything don't mouth. say something stupid I've been begging my mouth not to say something <laughs> stupid all my life and it won't listen I've been trying to look normal and not like a weird person my whole life I so I used to have to go to speech therapy because I would sit there when I was a kid I like I have my lips parted all the time and so I'd have to be reminded to close my lips and sometimes my tongue would just kind of hang. <laughs> Oh, that's like that Instagram like, dog? Like this. Like the sh- I sent you a ch- photo of me with a cello. And yes. it was like that face. So I've been reminding myself not to fucking do that, Georgia. That's just a lack of self-consciousness, though. That's what kids are like, where you're just yeah. kind of like hanging out and yeah. you don't you don't aren't aware of yourself. And then it, suddenly a teacher's like, you got you. You got to not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> go to speech therapy. It's really embarrassing. We're going to stop you in class once a week and make you go see fucking speech therapist. <laughs> but so that was just kind of like, keep your tongue where you're supposed to keep it. Yeah. But I also have a lisp. So I think try to change that. That didn't go away. That's fine. This is not here near nor here. Here near nor there. I'm trying to think of what I, yeah, mine was always just, just be, please just be, be quiet. quiet. Please be quiet. <laughs> Your speech literally is, shut the fuck Seriously, up. No one needs to hear it. And then I'd be Stop like, look, it. I don't want to be saying it either. You're it's, not the teacher. I understand. I don't want to be talking. It's my mouth that's doing it. It's not me. <laughs> and what I realized much, much later, like when I was in my late thirties is that was anxiety. That was social yeah. anxiety. And the way I dealt with it, well, I never knew that that's what it was. I thought I have the worst personality. I better start drinking. That'll oh, make me quiet. Yeah. And it worked. It worked <laughs> for so many years. Cause only cause you don't remember what you said. And I'd be like, and it made more sense. Yeah. Albers. Or whatever. <laughs> that was great when she did it. Hey, speaking of merch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there she is. Merchandise Jones. That's right. <laughs> uh, if you go to myfavoritemurder.com, there's our store. There's a holiday. We have holiday items. You have to order by December 14th. What's today's date? It'll be the sixth March today. Uh, you can get your Christmas and Hanukkah and Hanukkah. holiday shit. Now, some of that stuff sold out. It's They have it back in stock. Right. And I just want to say to all of the Jews... You guys, I'm so proud of us. L'chaim. I'm L'chaim to us. I'm so proud of us. We sold the fucking Hanukkah shirt out. Yeah. The L'chaim bitches. Of course. I didn't know. I just like was like, I just, we need to throw it up there. And then. It was the best idea. You're very merch savvy. But then also it was the kind of thing of like, yeah, you don't, you, you should get some fun. It's like ugly Christmas sweaters. Yeah. And then it's like, and how about just a sassy uh, 
Passover sweater. Well, it remind me. It reminds me of you know, as as a Georgia, uh, you'd go as a kid, you'd go to the souvenir store, and there wouldn't be a license, a tiny license plate with my name on it, and there mm-hmm. would, you know, like, I never had that stuff. It's the same thing with being Jewish. Is you, go, you there's never Hanukkah stuff. It's right. always Christmas stuff, and s- except for the one time that Urban Outfitters did that. Remember they did like. I love being a Jew, but they put like money symbols around. <laughs> no, it. they didn't. Remember they have like kiss me. I'm Irish. And there was like a Jewish one too. <laughs> and they had to pull it. Cause it was like stars of David's and, and like, uh, and like no. dreidels and shit, but there were also money symbols. I no. swear to God, I will have Stephen fucking posted on the Instagram. Jesus Christ. Stephen posts photos from the episode on the Instagram. My murder. <laughs> they had to pull it. You stupid fucking idiots. Jesus. We'll see. That's that, you know, it's that's so I realized we're serving amazing. a need that doesn't exist. Yeah, that's right. You know, well, and it's I think probably most Jewish people have just gotten used to it. it's like don't want that because no. it isn't there. No. So then finally you're like, hey, but it is. How about <laughs> it is there? And then it's like, what? Yeah, I'm just really proud of us. It's great as a people. Yeah. Is it this? Everyone loves a Jewish girl. Yes. They had a whole line of everyone loves an Irish girl. Everyone loves a whatever the fuck girl. Oh my God. Right? Is that a purse? Oh, that's a dreidel. Sorry. <laughs> dreidels. I didn't realize dreidels had the thing on the top. That they're, it's like a spinning. It's like a top. That's for the spinning part. Okay. So they have the dreidel upside down because the spinning they do. part. Well, that's well, right. Stupid. That's why I thought it was a purse. This, I thought that oh. was the handle. No. This is a little like bump a on the top. That's not a dreidel. So it's purses and money. <laughs> There's literally money symbols on this. It's so crazy. That looks like a dice with a handle. That's not a dreidel. Now, is that's everyone weird. loves an Irish girl? It's that's surrounded by beers and potatoes <laughs> and fucking cellulite. And fam- what was on famine. Ours? Yeah, it's um just uh yeah a coldness yelling. <laughs> it's hard to draw that shit. Uh, yeah, they had to recall that shirt, which I think is pretty fucking fabulous. Yeah, because now it's all just hearts. They changed it to all hearts. Yeah, like you can leave the Jewish stars, dude. It, but let's take so, off it. There aren't even Jewish stars, though. As a as a as a poor Jew, I was also offended by that too. As a, <laughs> as a Jewish girl who grew up poor, it's like that's not. It's a stereotype, right? Well, but as a Jewish girl that grew up poor, why don't you admit that you wanted money? Who the fuck doesn't want money? <laughs> I wish I was a rich Jew. Well, that's a wish I was a rich Jew. <laughs> I mean, but here's that's the other thing too is who doesn't want money? Totally. You, any Lithuanians want money. Any <laughs> that's a nationality as opposed to a religion. But <laughs> speaking of um, anyway, buy our merch because there's. They're very yeah. little. My favorite murder.com. There's your store. Have fun with it. There's also a ton of other shit. I've been wearing the fuck out of my fuck you. I married sweatpants. Yeah, you have. And I realized it's not fair. We should get fuck you. I'm divorced for you. Because <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> Why? Because I, I think it's perfect. Well, the fuck you. I married came out of a joke. Yes. So I don't need... Which is I can wear whatever I want because I'm married. Exactly. You can wear whatever you want because you're fucking divorced. Yeah, but see, that's not a funny joke because that's tragic. (laughs) Where it's like, fuck you, I'm divorced and in a deep depression and I've been wearing sweats for seven years. Okay. It's too real. I get it. We have to... If if we're going to do divorced merch, it's going to... We have to do something where it's lighter and it doesn't feel... Like a positive spin. Okay. 
like, but see, then we're just going into the I'm 50 area right. where it's just like, celebrate yeah. my mommy culture, my- whatever the fuck. <laughs> mommy <laughs> culture. Yeah, that's basically, it's been covered by like, it's wine o'clock. Right. That's basically your divorce merch. Right. I want to. <laughs> I'm alone and in my addiction. Join me. How's, that's good merch, right? <laughs> and then a little lighthouse. When, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, let's do it. I, uh, how about um something along the lines of like hey leave me alone i'm isolating <laughs> <laughs> there is a shirt that says uh sorry i'm late i didn't want to come yeah <laughs> and every time i see it i think of you <laughs> so much <laughs> that i just want to get you you might as well i know but yeah, i don't need the shirt because it'll come right <laughs> out of my mouth say. yeah hey i hate being here yeah. so i'm gonna go ahead and go i saw a cartoon oh i gotta figure out who it was by uh that said there's two girls walking into a party and one girl's going i can't wait to leave this party later i'm so excited to leave this party yeah oh god hold on one second let me i actually know who that person is. oh who is it they w- i went to ucsb with them it's uh, my friend hillary campbell cartoons and what's her instagram cartoons by hillary that's nice. great i love that she went to the i think she went to the new york show yeah she's good yeah. i love oh, i follow her so instagram cool. yeah i can't wait to, to leave this party so later excited to leave this party later that's god damn it that's my life i'm sure i'm misquoting it um, on a, can I, I, I have a thing real quick. On a downer note? No, it's actually a pot. I mean, it's positive. So last week, I, at the end of the show, talked about my incredible therapist, Kim, who passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. And uh, then I, this fucking podcast, man, like the levels of amazement that happens, that has happened and has been happening for yeah. the past three fucking years. Yeah is insane i get an email it's from a family member of hers who was like i was listening to the podcast and mm-hmm. i had a fucking pullover because i the minute you said kim i realized you're talking about my family i don't want to yeah 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 my family member and it meant so much to us she played it for kim's parents who who said thank you for you know because i wasn't able to tell kim how much she meant to me but her parents now know wow that's amazing yeah and it's just this it's such a huge this podcast like the connections it's making with other people getting together with us and other people, it's just incredible. And it's just, yeah. I didn't think that would happen. And it, it, you know, it wouldn't have happened without this podcast. And it just kind of, it gave me this little, little light of, you know, hope in this kind of depression. Yeah, because it matters, you know, it matters and expressing how you feel about people and how people matter to you and that you that people that you value people it's super important to express that yeah and i guess we're getting this weird version of it where it's like oh my god someone heard it and cared yeah but it's in your day-to-day life it's you might as well just do it it's it's important thing to do because you may feel like oh this makes me so vulnerable or i'm at this risk or whatever but if you can figure out a way to express how you feel to people real time while they're aware of it they might really need it. It m- could yeah, really matter. Yeah. It's a good idea. And also it's just like, it's a good practice to, to practice kind of being brave about just going like, well, that's just how I feel. Well, it's vulnerability. That's yes. the key with, you know, of course, please read Brene Brown's Daring Greatly <laughs> as I don't think Karen and I would, this wouldn't exist without her. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. This podcast, we wouldn't be friends without her. I feel like, cause we bonded over the fact that we were both in the middle of it. And the, the thing was be vulnerable. So like, yes, 
which is we which is one of our it i think that bonded us so fast yeah. because it was that thing of like it's so hard just to be at a party filled with people that we we're all friends with yeah. and we're still so uncomfortable and it's yeah. like but let's be georgia going okay let's go around the room and say what was it ways that we're vulnerable let's say one thing it was thanksgiving and i said let's say one thing we're vulnerable in a room full of fucking male comedians Comics. and that's the only reason i did that is because i can't eat in silence that's like one of my old fucking eating things <laughs> that's the only thing that stuck around is i can't just quietly masticate yes so it was like okay can we all fucking talk please and stop chewing and let's all say one thing we're vulnerable about and you were immediately like are you reading daring greatly yeah like, yes i am it was the best yeah. because and it's the kind of thing of i love stuff like that i love really talking about stuff yeah and i think uh, let's not have small talk yes let's not have small talk let's not riff it's like yeah. i've been in a culture a comedy culture for so long where sincerity was the worst thing you could do right. it made you it put a target on your back it made you weak it made you stupid blah 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 and it's like and that's just so old it's yeah. very 90s it is. mentality where it's just like actually it's very cool it's the too cool it's being too cool Right. Like, right. The less you give a shit, the more cool you are, which is just a mask. It's yeah. so obvious now. And I also think that's a, a part of being young. But yeah, that's true. now that I'm middle aged. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm cool or not. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you like the music I like. I'm not here for that anymore. I did that already. Yeah. And I suffered through that already. And now I'm just kind of like, what's cool? Like, what could happen if I yeah. actually am my real self? Totally. And don't hold my lips together. <laughs> <laughs> and let those lips fly i've been letting these lips fly on this podcast for three years it's been pretty nice it's 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 uh proven your point wrong that you should keep your mouth shut yeah probably now we just have to teach my lips okay do you have anything else uh i don't think so okay. although i'm i apologize because i'm not sure i'm now at the end of my full-time job so i'm a little out of my mind your other full-time job yeah the other the additional one that i chose to take on <laughs> as some sort of way of proving to the world <laughs> that, that you're I'm, not a failure that I'm, yes exactly i can do things no one believes that yet so i still have yeah. to continue to prove i can do things good um, job yeah we, so we believe you now do you Mm -hmm. Or should I get another job? Because I was going <laughs> to work Macy's Christmas shifts. Just to... You're going to be at the wrapping paper station? I would actually fucking love you that. You got a wrapping paper, wrapping gifts? Oh my God. Are you? Do you well, this could have been a trick of my mom's because she would go, you're so good at wrapping. <gasps> so smart. And then I would, I'd be like, I'm really good at wrapping. Know, and I would wrap thing. everything. And it took me to like a year after she died where I was like, she tricked me into I, wrapping everything. She did. And what a great trick. Such a good psych. So yeah, if you have children that, that need encouragement. You're so good at the dishes. You're, oh my God, why are you so good at that? But here's, here's what that bread. Mm -hmm. And this was my favorite thing. I used to do this thing at my parents' house. I would take down all the pictures on the walls and wrap them like presents Aww. and hang them back up. And that was part of For our Christmas? Christmas decoration. That's darling. Isn't Especially because you don't look at your family's stupid faces anymore. <laughs> but that's just lovely. So it would be like, instead of, because my everything on in my parents' house is like a picture of a huge fire my dad fought. That's like part of... Bought? Fought. Fought. Whoa. It would, there was a fire in like a South Market in San Francisco in the 80s, 90s, where it burned down like seven blocks of this neighborhood. <gasps> and he fought it and they fought it all night. And so there's a picture of him just like standing a huge in front one? of it. You, it's a panoramic Karen. picture. How did this not... 
this fucked you up. <laughs> How did I not know this? You had fires. Pictures of fires. <laughs> yes. That had to just give you a level of anxiety. All like a con. How, that is You see that that's bananas, right? <laughs> it's like having a fucking huge painting of a fucking shark. <laughs> like eating a person and then being like, hey, here's the thing. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like it was just this subconscious. That's why I'm always like, let's make sure we've always got two exits. Yeah, yeah. Like, lint, clean our lint trap. Like right now, um, well, we could go out this window, but if there was a fire downstairs, yeah. we could get trapped up here. No, 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 we can go out this window. We can go out this window? Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, landing. It's a walkable? Yeah. I oh, I, honey, I, not honey. That sounded <laughs> shitty. Uh, honey! I'm very, I'm very aware of exits at all times and how I would get out or how people can come in them yes. more so probably. Yep. But not for the same reason. Right. We're different. We had a giant picture of a burglar <laughs> as a kid sneaking into the house. So. It was someone Janet arrested at close time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it fucked me up or anything. I think I'm fine. I'm fine. That's so hilarious. I've never thought of this at all. Yeah. That's like red flag. Just city. Don't expose your children to horror scenes. <laughs> Look at this. A and also girl. it was this thing of my mother I remember my mom telling me at a young age and she's like I think your father and I's the marriage lasted for so long because every time he left the house he could have died <gasps> so every time he came back she was so grateful oh. and like it was like oh yay nothing bad happened That's to him sweet. Mm-hmm. I have that too but only because I have bad anxiety that every time Vince leaves the house I'm like be careful like yep. even just when he was leaving I was like wear your seatbelt be careful <laughs> like be careful of course yeah but that is, you have to, part of that might be anxiety. And then part of it is you get to express, like, I want you to stick around. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. you guys have a healthy relationship in that way. I think so too. I think it's nice. Our therapist thinks so too. <laughs> Do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. He does. Yes. You're not being sarcastic. No, our okay, therapist, okay. I mean, I'm pretty certain we're his favorite. <laughs> I, I, I really do. And sometimes he'll say, Do you ever want to leave this guy? I'll marry him. He's not gay, but he like <gasps> loves Vince. Well, like, yeah. Vince has that thing. Yeah. And I know it's can be irritating because he is kind of like the homecoming king. <laughs> everyone loves that fucking guy. I know. But I, everyone lo- loves me too. No, no, no. Everyone loves you. <laughs> so we're great together. But he has that thing where like suddenly he's running the bar. Yeah. He's that guy. I know. Where he handles shit and he's like, who needs a drink? And he's that. He's like the consummate like. He best. makes it so that people love him. Why Whereas do you think you're I subtle, fucking tied that subtle. shit down as soon as possible? Yeah, you were like, first date, you're with me. It's crapping. Love it. Yeah. All right, bye, you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> wow, 45 minutes of just pure, <laughs> not what this podcast is about. But, you know, we haven't had that much time to, like, just get into what's really going on with us because oh. we were like announce this and announce that I, would, I was just going to announce something and announce now I something. feel weird do it <laughs> fucking m- one of the most downloaded podcasts of 2018 on fucking iTunes do you see that is us oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck else do you think I'm I, talking I swear, sorry it's Joe Rogan congratulations, <laughs> congratulations to Joe. our friend Joe Rogan um, you've done you've done great no no I thought for a second I thought you meant um, this podcast will kill oh. you because oh we got to give a shout out to all the exactly right people real quick yes oh my god everyone's killing it yes exactly right I mean that's our podcast network yes. uh, we just came out with a bunch the this podcast will kill you has an episode about rabies that I was listening to last night that's so fucking good and they are killing they're it. killing it the fall line is incredible the new season is amazing about all these uh these babies that were fucking kidnapped in Atlanta of course the purcast 
everybody we got the official numbers and like the business side and everyone's like went so far beyond the what they projected yeah and everyone charted and it was such a beautiful debut thank you guys so much for listening for downloading that's the way just so you know if you want to like make that hit is when you download podcasts that's that's those are the numbers that people pay attention to i didn't know that yeah also when you review when you write a little like Love it. Five stars. Like that really helps too. Yeah. So if you want to do that, that's awesome. Uh, and thank you all for, yeah. there was so much support and you guys went to all those new episodes. Oh, also season, season <laughs> one, sorry. episode we- two of Do You Need a Ride? That's right. <laughs> You're charting the shit out of that. <clears throat> Dominating yeah, so, the comedy charts. It's so exciting because Chris and I have been so, um, low key. Like we we're like, should we do another episode? We've been so, like trying to trying to focus on it but trying to do a bunch obviously a bunch of other stuff too Chris is like on the road doing tons of performing or whatever so we're just like should we do one yeah and the idea that when we finally get it together and put it out all these people are just like I've been waiting god damn you guys Isn't that the best? put these out consistently and it's like oh we we spent years and years thinking no one really cares right. and who cares and so it's it's so lovely and yeah. thank you guys so much for all of that support uh, that's what I thought you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, uh, iTunes just came out with the best of 2018 and you click on that fucking most downloaded and we're on that with a bunch, a bunch of other fucking incredible people. Yeah. Probably Joe Rogan, including. Definitely Joe Rogan. A uh, Dr. Death is on there That's too, right. which is like, I, I just have a real connection because that, that podcast got under my skin yeah. in so many ways. It's such a good podcast. Let's see who else. Well, they don't need shout outs. They're all, they're, they're downloaded. They're great. We're all fine. Our friend, um, Oh, yes. That's right. Uh, uh, stuff you should know. Stuff you should know. I was going to say, how did this get made? Which is another great podcast, but it's stuff you should know. Yeah. Um, Chuck, of course. Chuck, stuff you should know our friend. They Congratulations, guys. NPR, Serial. It's all those ones. You know. So thank the you. Obvious. And then some of the fun ones that you're like, oh, we're, that's so cool that we're part of that. This Pod Save America, obviously. But yeah. then to just be on that with them. It's feels, a huge honor. It and is. It, and it's, uh, it's you guys you know it's you guys making it happen downloading that shit so thank you thanks guys and we have more we're so excited for the new podcast that we're going to be adding to the slate so it's like we're going to be adding and adding so just get ready because we've got a bunch more coming that we're so excited and that you are going to be very excited about yeah we promise and we're teasing you yeah all right i can't talk about it um (laughs) we can't talk about it. i think you're first really yeah right is it true steven 100 percent Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Luckily, so I opened my file. I actually started a file called Unread Murders that I have. Nice. Um, I should have done that a long fucking time ago. <laughs> right? Oh my god! And it most—it's—it's it's a lot of them, as I said before, because there was the um, the Todd Allen Reed that I did la- the, f- the Force Park Killer mm-hmm. that I did uh, last time was a leftover from a Portland where I was like, I, oh right, I got to do that. Yeah. So there, I'd been doing a couple of those where I'm like, just move that over into this yeah. area, and you'll use it later when you have seven full time jobs and you can't actually <laughs> um, do the show that. Uh, you should be actually paying attention to. Right. So this is one of those (laughs) um, from uh, when we were in Atlanta on tour. And uh, I had this one already, but it it was just kind of short and pretty basic. And it's really old. So there's not a ton of information. Um, Right. But right. So today at four o'clock when I was at Baskets, uh, in the writer's room where we're in like serious rewrites. And then I just went, Oh my God, I don't know if I have a story <laughs> for tonight. And then I looked that one up and then had to text Steven and go, have I done this? Yeah. Already? I've done that multiple times. Cause I, I was like, I was looking at, looking at the words and going, this I absolutely so can familiar. See, yeah. It's familiar, but it's because I'm the one that put it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm right on the edge of a uh, mental collapse. Mm-hmm. And here we go. This is the first murder to happen in the state of Georgia back in uh, the 1700s. Shut up. And this is the story of Alice Riley. Okay. Um, It's so old and weird and random in all these different ways that, that, yeah, it's it's, it's so crazy. So I just tell you some things. Okay. Um, (laughs) Let's see what happens. Okay, do it. Uh, Alice Riley was born in, around 1718 in Ireland. Um, <clears throat> you've been there. Yep. In 1733, she was 15 years old. Um, this is an everyone's, 
everybody's trying to leave Ireland because of disease and the famine that the uh, British uh, actually forced. Mm-hmm. People love to talk about, oh, the potato famine when no one could grow p- potatoes. Uh-uh-uh. They grew potatoes. They grew them. And they were taken. The British came in, shipped all that food out, and starved everybody out. Uh, colonization. Yeah. So, um, but the only way to get out of Ireland if you didn't have money yourself um, was you had your fare paid by someone who would then employ you when you got to America. Okay. Or the New World or whatever it was back in the 1700s. <laughs> you know. You've been there. You know. You historians know what I'm talking about and no one else does. So, a man named William Wise paid her $5. Holy um, shit. Boat fare. How yes. much was it back then? $5 in today's money yeah. is the amount of a carnival cruise. $3,000. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but without that beautiful buffet. Yeah, there's no buffet on the, her boat. Yeah. She just got to throw up under, under right. deck. No zip lining. <laughs> there was no, there wasn't one of those weird small but deep pools. Yeah. Have you ever seen a cruise ship? I've pool? never been on a cruise ship. Oh, girl. Are they horrible? No, no. There's, but, but you can only have, I mean, I'm not talking about the zip line carnival cruises where now they're making them like cities yeah, floating yeah. cities but like the last time i was on a cruise there in the pool area it's the pool is like 10 feet long oh. but then it's like 35 feet deep it's like it's, it's like, like oh if we can't fit them all in here go down there <laughs> just go down low yeah um so anyway she a man named William Wise paid for her $5 boat fare, and that meant that she would be his indentured servant for seven years. What could go wrong? Right? I mean, it's like, oh, that's okay. So I have a chance to, at least I'm leaving this, this place where the British are trying to colonize us. I'll go to America and just be an indentured servant, mm-hmm. and that'll be great. So on the boat, She's either already traveling with her common-law husband, Richard White, Mm -hmm. which is the boring and unlikely version since she was uh, 15 and you're common-law by living together for seven years. So unless she shacked up with Richard when she was eight, it seems like the better option, the more romantic and cinematic option is that she met Richard White on the boat. Let's go with it. Right? So she throws up over the side, comes up, wipes her mouth off on her shawl, Mm. turns... And there's this beautiful Irishman standing next to her. And she's like, <clears throat> I'm going over there. Somebody paid my $5. Yeah. I'm going to be an indentured servant. And he's like, me too. Oh, my God. What's your guys's name? He's also there to work for William Wise. No way. Yes. So that's also an in- indicator that it makes more sense that they would have been a couple that's and then right. going to work for the same person. But I don't like that yeah. version of the story. Yeah. It's not as fun. No. Anyway, it's all vague and we can fill in our in own. In the rewrite, can, can we... Oh, I have... I have rewrites. Well, let's hear one. Well, can we go with like they were they weren't working for the same guy. They were like neighbor going to be like working for neighbors because like it's too much if it's like they were working for the same guy. Yeah, true. So it's like what if the um, estates are on the same wooded path and then she's walking. Yes, she's got her bucket of berries. And then here comes, I don't know, a Killian Murphy type. Okay. And then she's just like, what's up? <laughs> what's up on your estate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's like, God, you look so much better off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're not barfing anymore. You're not seasick and gray-faced. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, here's the amazing part. And this is true and real and still very cinematic. Okay. Um, 
the ship that they are both on crashes no. into Savannah. So remember when we were in, in Georgia, like Atlanta, Savannah's right on the coast. Yeah. And so basically this ship where they're like, oh, this has been the worst and I have the worst seasickness. And then it just crashes. They forget to put the brakes on and they're yeah. like, land ho. <laughs> like everybody Hello. went to sleep. I just see one of those like cartoons that are like, that show like the boat crashing, you know, like from yes. the map. They show the map. <laughs> yes. And it and goes along. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sea monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They crash right into Savannah. Great. Um, it's a cold winter night. Most of the passengers, passengers on board drowned. Shit. And Alice Riley and her new hot boyfriend. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Richard White. They both survive. They wow. swim to shore and they make it. Um, uh, so they bond over that. Sure. And so if they weren't in love before, God damn it. Wouldn't you love that man? Absolutely. That also survived. Because yeah. it's a good sign yeah, about yeah. his genes. <laughs> anyway, so they drag themselves from the wreckage. They're brought to William Wise's cattle for- farm on Hutchinson Island, mm-hmm. which is across from the city of Savannah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're... So William Wise, they meet They meet William Wise. Okay. Hi. There. How's it going? Uh, not great. He's known as a scallywag. who isn't in the 1700s in the 1700s it's anybody anybody with his uh yeah chops yeah like look at that fucking scallywag (laughs) um but he this guy's a creep okay so she's dreading being a maid anyway because she's like oh i'm gonna be a a maid for seven years not you know that's like half that's like half your fucking expected life expectancy that's right back then yeah she's like well i can get i okay fine i love an old lady of 22 yes (laughs) (laughs) an old maid of 22 um i just met this great guy yeah yeah. okay well i'm gonna be made for seven years then she finds out that she also has to attend to him by picking lice out of his matted hair no Uh uh-huh this that's how they did it back then that's, they didn't have combs they just had girls do you know what bought. i think that's above my pay grade that's what <laughs> i would say i'm sorry that's b- above my pay grade i didn't sign up for this shit <laughs> she was the first person to ever say that phrase <laughs> <laughs> in 17 18 19 um 100 <laughs> so uh-oh this one's already gone way off yeah, way off real fun she also had to clean crumbs out of his long greasy beard no and while fending off his lecherous advances because there was no sexual harassment seminars back then <laughs> she just started that job and was off to the races Oy vey. he was abusive and cruel to alice and her boyfriend richard <laughs> i'm calling her him her boyfriend uh, um so by 1734 this old guy falls ill and that's when alice and richard um have to start bathing him daily right so we go from bad to worse but i mean is it bad to worse it's like at least he's taking a bath every day because i bet yeah he wasn't doing that before yeah he's got lice yeah that wasn't a daily fucking ritual right in his life no exactly we're certainly not combing his hair and putting it back into a into like a guitar center ponytail where it's like, I'm not rocking on the stage right now. I'm here to sell some right. guitar strings. So I'll put it back into a clean and, and shiny ponytail. Right, so it doesn't get in the food. Not this guy. Look, you know how guitar center now serves food. <laughs> that lovely buffet. They have that gorgeous buffet down front. Um, so, so they have to 
wash him, okay. bathe him. Great. Not the greatest. Um, it's uncertain whether Richard and Alice plotted the murder beforehand or if it was just a lark. Is that's a cut and paste if I've ever seen one. Because you normally would not use that word when it comes... That's not the word that's correct in this sentence. Nope. Um, unless I was just being weird, which is very possible. Yeah. Um, Don't okay. you, I love that you. For, I forget which things I've unplagiarized and which I actually <laughs> exactly. plagiarized. Oh, I guess I'll make this, I'll personalize yeah. this to myself. And Thank it's like, you, well, Wikipedia. that doesn't sound like me though. Yeah, I know. Oh, I just donated money to Wikipedia, by the way. I was like, Good. they were like, we need money. And I was like, I owe them so much money. Someone on Twitter, sorry, I didn't write it down, just tweeted, I just donated $20 to Twitter, like, and thought of you guys. It's like, thank to you Twitter so much. To Twitter or Wikipedia? Um, sorry, they donate. <laughs> Don't donate money to, listen, Please do, do not, not give your money to Twitter. No, they deserve nothing. Um, no, she's sorry. She tweeted that she donated $20 to Wikipedia. Lovely. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, she shall remain nameless, even <laughs> though I bet she doesn't want to. Thanks. Her name's Georgia. Um, yeah. So, okay. So on March 16th, 1734, while Richard was bathing William, he took his neckerchief and strangled the gross old man in the bathtub. <laughs> That's me for sure. That's awful. Um Alice held his head underwater to make sure he was dead. Fuck. So they're not sure, obviously, um, if it was pre-planned and, and like that, or if yeah. it was just in that moment of like, I can't take this anymore. And he's gross and old anyway. Yeah. Um, you take your neckerchief off. It sounds like a spur of the moment kind of thing. Yeah, it does. And just like that, what the final straw where he was like, look at the bubbles I'm making. Or whatever. What if he was like, like, I hate your neckerchief. And he's like, oh, you do? Do you really? Want to get a close-up look of it? Do you really? Because you're a withered old man sitting in a, in a thing of, like, not even hot water. Yeah. This, they're bathing him, and there's no running water <sighs> indoors. No. They have to bring the water in to bathe the old creep. A, ba- a bath is a four-hour ordeal yes. back then. And there's so many liver spots <laughs> that you can barely see any of the bubbles. Um... There wasn't bubble bath that back he's then. farting. He, oh, I thought you meant he was farting <laughs> in, the, no. in the bathtub. No. The, all right. Okay, okay so you're doing great. You're almost there. I'm there. I'm so there. Here's my eyes. Alice held us. I said that already. Then they fled to South Carolina, <laughs> where locals were fired up about servants killing their masters. Uh, so they all helped with the manhunt. So basically, they were just like, oh, we can't have this. Yeah, if yeah. you're an indentured servant, you don't get to kill anybody. Yeah. Um, now you don't we get to get have to kill fun you. like everyone else does. Yeah, exactly. Kill. You don't. You don't have any rights, much less you don't get to exact justice on anybody. Yeah. So Alice and Richard are easily found because everyone's out and after them, and yeah. brought back to Georgia for trial. So a magistrate named Thomas Coston promptly sentenced them both to hang. So their trial was basically like, "What's this? You say <laughs> guilty?" Um, it lasted that long. So now there's two stories about. As to how things, as to how, mm, I didn't write that, as, to, as how. to how things transpired. One is that Richard was hung first in the gallows. And then when Alice saw that he got hung, she freaked out, started screaming and saying she was pregnant. <gasps> and then they halted her execution until they could determine if this was true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Alice Riley is known as the first person to be hanged in the colony of Georgia. And so that means... It could, he couldn't have gone first because why then oh. he would be the first person hung in Georgia. Sure. So get your facts straight, everyone. I mean, get your facts straight. The oldest possible murder I could be talking about <laughs> that it, that's very difficult to. Yeah, bring. they didn't have Wikipedia back then. No, they sure didn't. It was all rumor and gossip. 
uh, what if he didn't even have lice and we're just besmirching yeah. the name of a of a lice free estate holder? A hundred percent. What am I talking about? <laughs> Another uh, version has her just telling magistrate straight out, I'm pregnant. Um, so that both ex- executions are postponed. Yeah. Um, either way, the doctors confirm she's pregnant and her execution is postponed for eight months. Wow. So that did happen. And she was pregnant. Um, most people assumed that the baby was wise, William Wise's, <gasps> the old creeps. No. Because he was raping her daily. Holy shit. Um, but sh- Alice swore the baby was ri- Richard's. Yeah. Um, so they allow her to give birth to the child. It's a boy, and he's adopted two weeks later. Wow. Uh, so then on January 19th, 1735, Alice Riley is taken to Percival Square, which is now called Wright Square, which was also known as Hanging Square. I wonder um, why. <laughs> and then she was hanged. Oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, as she was being hung, Alice is said to have screamed at the crowd gathered to watch her execution that she had cursed the area. <gasps> right? That'd be exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then the legend has it that it took three days for her to die. Fuck! And that her body was left hanging in the gallows, but then disappeared during the night. So Alice Riley was the first person executed in the new colony of Georgia. So that first version couldn't have been the truth. Uh-huh. And I sussed it out. I'm the one that figured it You're out. Smart. <laughs> Thank you. Um, her lover, Richard White, was hung the next day. The newborn child put up for adoption died soon after. Oh. Tragedy all around, right? Yeah. So now we get to the haunting part. <gasps> right? There's a haunting part? There's a haunting part, and it is really cool because it was it, it's not it wasn't enough for a live show but this is a this is a haunting where they have tons of people who witness it and see it often <gasps> is it a ghost baby it's a <laughs> no it's a ghost adult okay so to this day the savannah police get calls from tourists about a woman who's wandering in Wright square <gasps> looking for a baby and asking them for help no yes the police know it's alice so they always send out the rookies to go check on it <gasps> And the ghost ap- often appears as a real person, what? and they and she consistently appears to mothers with infants <gasps> in strollers. No! So it's a lady walking up with period costume, but the tourists don't recognize it. Don't they don't see it as anything weird? Yeah, because there's so much in that area. Yeah. It's there's reenactors sure, sure. and there's g- tours and stuff of like this is this historical hanging square. Totally. So. They just turn around and there's a lady in period clothes going, I lost my baby. And then they go, oh, my God, what happened? And they try to help her and she disappears. Does she disappear or does she walk away? Because what if it's actually a woman (laughs) in a reenactment woman (laughs) who's just who's like, I'm just out here to fuck with some people. Absolutely. Well, here's the witnesses describe the woman as being dressed in period clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just told you that part. But there's a picture. Somebody took a picture (gasps) of her running away from the camera could be fake, fun to talk about, and you can look it up online. And it's like this weird, you can see, it's a move, like, it's a, I think from what I remember, it was nighttime, and she's running, so there's like, it's a flashy looking Ooh. thing of like a body moving away. Mm-hmm. But it was like someone going, this is so oh, weird. Steven's oh, got of it. Of course he's got it. 
Thank you, Stephen. Oh, because I pulled, we pulled this for the show, right? Oh. He knows. Let me see, let me see. Stephen's pointing at me like we're playing charades yes, right now. On the, like, on the nose. You talk on this podcast, Stephen. <laughs> let me see, let me see. Look at that. I want hey. a painting of that. Hand it over. Wait. Oh, that's creepy as fuck. Right? Yeah. Because it's almost like she got up too close to the person, help me find my baby, and then and then ran away, and the lady's like, hold on, that's weird, and then Scared. took the picture. I know. Creepy. We'll right? put it up on our Instagram. I I really love this picture. Yeah. Then there's some then there's some fake ghost pictures underneath. Stop looking at pictures, Karen. There's some fake ghost pictures under the real ghost picture. Yes. That's how you know. The first ghost it's picture real. is so real. It's it's Those weird. Those other ones are fake. 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 Here's a thing I like. To this day, Spanish moss does not grow on the side of the trees, the north side of the trees that face the gallows. I don't get it. I don't. Is that a riddle? <laughs> <laughs> so all these trees have moss on them. Yeah. But they it won't grow on the side that face the gallows. That doesn't face the sun. Or so they don't the, get the sun. <laughs> the easily explainable um, I, biological I'm such a reason. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But don't you see that moss, all which right. is the moss most sensitive has, of all uh-huh. lichens? It's, it's like they're protesting. <laughs> it's they're facing bad vibes. And you're like, the it's vibe. been 300 years. You can stop protesting. And they're like, no, we can't. Yeah. We saw what happened. Okay. Um, well, that's creepy. And then I wrote, her curse worked on the moss. <laughs> and then I wrote, funny. here's a final line. And that's the fast and poorly told story of the hanging of Alice Riley. But there's picture, like there's art of her. It, it was Whoa. just basically um, the a murder. The first murder happened in Georgia. Uh, like the first hanging because of the murder. I love it. So, you know, what I'm saying is, <laughs> I, I love Irish girls, whatever that shirt yeah. is. <laughs> Irish girls getting it done, and then there's yeah. like a little gallows. Great job. <laughs> Not really. I feel like this show is a theme. <laughs> Wait, that was low hanging moss. <laughs> well, that was stupid. Wonderful. Um, Good job. Mm. You did it, though. I, you know what? I, and it was here's fun. what I did. I did it. You did a thing. I did do it. It was fun. We had some fun with it. I bet you. Here's the thing. People, um, it, people, please send us if you know personal Alice Riley stories or you ever had Alice Riley come up and ask you where her baby was. Yes. I just think that that could you imagine that idea alone of just a woman that's like, please help me find my baby would be the scariest Truly. thing ever especially when you have a baby thing. yes i'd be like don't touch mine yeah Bitch. but then you're like oh, oh now i'm cold yeah now the moss is gone and i'm gonna and now i'm trying to take a selfie with her <laughs> because she's, she's a period away. person and she's running why would she run that scary won't take a selfie with me I have an Instagram to post, <laughs> bitch. I have a baby. I have a mommy um, Instagram. It's five o'clock somewhere. I'm a mommy. I love wine. I'm a mommy. <laughs> Give me mommy that culture. Wine. <laughs> wine me. Wine me, baby. Less whining and more whining. Yes. Right? Uh, okay, I'm going to do mine. Okay, great. But I'm going to pee first. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. Sorry, before you start, can yeah. I just, cause Steven found that tweet. Yeah. Thank you, Steven. Uh, it was from Alexis H. I don't, do we say people's full names if they tweet to us? Just their Twitter handle. Well, they're, it is. So Alexis Holzer on Twitter, she wrote to us, I just donated $21 to Wikipedia. Support free knowledge, but mainly keep Karen Kilgara from Georgia Hardstark supplied with information for my favorite murder. Stay sexy and keep Wikipedia running. And then she put the link for donation. That's so nice. Thank you, Alexis. That was very cool. Alexis. Truly. This podcast would end would end if Wikipedia ended. I just don't. Not that we. I don't rely on it, and there's not a ton of shit at all, at all times. It's kind of just like a base. You need to check the basic facts, yeah. and then you have to read a ton of articles. I mean, Reddit's better for information. Yes. than Wikipedia. But you also have to be very trusting on right. Reddit. I guess the same as Wikipedia, but Back Wikipedia checking. has a little bit of a. Reddit's more like. I heard in my high school classroom that where it's, that's the shit I love, but me too. Who knows what you're, who knows what you're getting? It's all true. How have we not talked about fucking Chris Dawson getting arrested? Oh my God. Have we forgot to talk about in the beginning of this true crime show? We forgot to talk about <laughs> the true crime fucking news of the week. If you haven't listened to the podcast Teacher's Pet. Yeah. You have to listen to it. It is so good. It's so well done. Yeah. It's, um, Australian. It's, it's the, Oh, the shit. Australian, the Australian. Oh, that's right. The newspaper, the Australians podcast. And it's about a woman, a mother of two who was married to this rugby star who went fucking randomly missing in like 1980 something. And they're in, they're in investigating it. Clearly the fucking, the, like my t-shirt says the husband did it. Yes. And, and he th- finally <clears throat> fucking got arrested like this week. And the details of it and the, the pain of the people telling the story, and obviously because they talk to family members, but they also talk to these friends and neighbors. And it's that thing of, you know, it might be Australian culture, it might be whatever it is, but people back then didn't get into each other's business. Right. So when they heard these things and they heard the re, oh, she's gone and she went away, she went she to the mountains, a cult. she joined a cult, all these things, they weren't going to be like fighting with people yeah. in the street of like, no, she didn't. When there's no, yeah, there's no, and when it's that kind of thing with a lot of these cold cases, it's once you put, you know, eight, eight people have one little fact. Yes. Each one a different one. And you don't realize till you put them all together that tells a story. Yes. Which is so interesting. But it was so well done and it so clearly was done in this way that reporter, 
Mm, Stephen, do you mind? <laughs> Would you please be my brain? But the reporter who put this podcast together, who narrates it, was so good at it. So good. Clearly is an investigative reporter for the Australian. Yeah. And and just was like, this has to change. Yeah. And this case, it, and they, it would interview these people. All those people, the neighbors and the friends were so well spoken. And we go, is their Australian public school system amazing? Because no, because he was working at them and fucking was screwing all the 16 year old girls, including true. the one that he moved in as like the day after Lynn went fucking missing. Spoiler. Which is child molestation. I mean, absolutely. That fucking creep. Yes. There is a terrible culture of, of silence and kind of like we get to do what we want because we're rugby stars or because we're yeah. cops or because we're whatever. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't fucking prosecute him even though too, I mean, it's just an amazing story of like, of like letting, letting her down. Yes. And, but the people who, there are people who are so pained over it because they were like, I should have done something. Mm -hmm. They're so well-spoken. They're so emotionally intelligent. It's just a very satisfying podcast to listen to. It's very gripping. And then there's actually, there's a, there's something comes of it. Amazing. The um, teacher's pet is headed by Gold Walkley winning investigative reporter Headley Thomas. Headley, Headley Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Headley Thomas. Right. What a great job he does. And then it, I mean, he got the job done. It right. must be so satisfying. I'm sure it's like, he'd be like, there's so many people involved who helped me, blah, blah, blah. But I'd like to thank my yeah, publicist. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Headley. Headley. Take it. Um, Go for Speaking it. of great podcasts, my story kind of, I found it kind of because of one. Okay. Hold on, Steven. So did I. Uh, the Alice Riley podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out of uh, <laughs> Galway, Ireland. <laughs> uh, be amazing. Yes. So, Karen, I text you over the weekend how obsessed I am with this podcast, Bear Brook. Yes. Um, put up by New Hampshire, New Hampshire Public Radio. It, it The story starts with, I'm sure you guys have heard it if you're in a true crime, there's bodies found in barrels in the new hampshire woods and goes on to tell one of the most amazing fucking true like it if you're if you need to get someone into true crime this is the perfect fucking story because it goes into so many different directions it's really incredible yes like honestly there's so many parts where you're just screaming yeah um and featuring friend of the show billy johnson true crime reporter billy johnson who this the bodies in the barrels has been a cold case that he's been obsessed with for years yeah and and it's solved it it just keeps getting crazier and crazier it does it's an incredible fucking story like i want to make vince listen to it so he gets why i'm so obsessed with this shit yeah um um, so, Bodies and Barrels made me think of one of the forensic files and like cold case files that stuck with me forever. Yes. Of a body in a barrel. Uh, this is the murder of Raina uh, Mariquin. Okay. Do you know this one? I'm sure you know this one. I don't know. Tell me. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay, tell me, please. So, on September 2nd, 1999, here we are, fucking dawn of the internet age. <laughs> <laughs> you really put me there. There you go. Uh, you know, the dial up and shit. Yeah. Whatever. A dude named Ron is moving out of his family. They're moving the family out of the home in their upper middle class neighborhood of Jericho, Long Island. So like lovely little probably bedroom community, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. During the final walkthrough uh, with the new with the buyer, uh, they go they go into the crawl space that's under the den. And the new buyer is like, hey, that 
that fucking 55 gallon rusted drum that's been stashed in the fucking 36 inch crawl space under the rear den since Ron's family had moved in 10 years earlier. You need to get that fucking thing out of here before I buy this house. It's like the last thing that you need to do. Yeah. And Ron says, I was annoyed, but I'll do it. <laughs> um, it weighs 345 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had seen, he remembers seeing it when they moved in, too heavy to move, forgot about it 10 years later. Um, now he needs to dispose of it. So he has the movers help him bring it to the curb uh, to have the trash men or women, garbage <laughs> sanitation workers, um, to take it away. But the next day after the fucking garbage man, women, uh, sanitation workers come it's still there and they left a note that was like yo dude a we, this could be toxic waste we don't know what's in it b yeah. it's too fucking heavy you need to like empty it out before we'll take it or you need to do something else with it but like we're not we're not taking it yeah and this you have to get rid of this responsibly exactly so he's like all right fuck this shit he gets a neighbor they pry the lid off with a screwdriver and are immediately when the <sighs> fucking top comes off are hit with this insane smell that's they're gagging it's the worst smell they've ever smelled in their lives mm-hmm. guess what's in it there's a green liquid sludge inside nope and floating at the top of that sludge they see a hand and a shoe that's still on the person uh, at the top of the liquid no yeah so they call the police and minutes later Nas- nassau county police arrive and confirm there's a body in the barrel, Mm-mm. which is like, duh, we knew that, dudes. Uh, the barrel's taken to the medical examiner. They begin the process of extracting the remains, which takes hours, and there's, like, photos and video of the whole fucking thing. No. Of course, I looked at all of them. Don't do it. Why? It's fun. Uh, it's not. It's fascinating. <laughs> they drain the green industrial li- liquid, and they don't know what the liquid is and they also find thousands of small plastic pellets like little it looks like the inside of a bean bag oh yeah you know what i mean yeah and they're able to remove the body eventually which had in it inadvertently become mummified because <gasps> it's in there so long yeah and the items other, other items they'd all been like really well preserved because the barrel had that airtight seal right so everything was mummified they determine that the body is of a young female between the ages of 20 and 30, probably white or Hispanic. When they x-ray the body, they find that the victim was nine months pregnant. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the victim's cause of death is blunt force trauma to the skull. It looks like she's been hit maybe 10 times in the back of the head. Oh, God. It's crazy. They aren't able to get fingerprints because she'd been mummified, but uh, they get a clue to her identity because first of all her unusual dental work and the uh autopsy dude was from south america and identified her dental work as being from south america oh yeah wow yeah he was good at his job right would that be the medical examiner thank you yes autopsy dude because i was like is that the coroner but that's a different it's not necessarily the same thing no medical examiners Completely right. Okay. Uh, the vi- Thank you, Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they then they noticed that the victim. They were like, "How long has this this body been here?" They noticed that she's wearing a style of dress that's like indicative of the 1960s. Whoa! So they're like, "This is this looks way older than you know a decade." She's wearing. She's still totally dressed in a skirt, button down sweater, high socks and shoes, and a coat, a leopard print coat. And so they think that maybe this could have happened decades earlier. Wow. It's 1999, remember? Dial up. <laughs> they were able to estimate that she's been dead 
from 25 to 30 years. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, she still has on some jewelry and in the fucking barrel along with the body is her purse. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they, the medical examiner looks in the purse. They find like everything that she would have thrown in there, compact, her fucking comb, an eyelash curler. And they also find a small little paper address book that, of course, is so deteriorated from the body fluids and whatever this green sludge is that they can't read anything that's in it. They said that it was like so delicate you could have just pushed your finger through it. Yeah. Um, but they're hopeful that maybe if they can get this fucking thing dried out and shit, that it can give them a clue as to who this woman is because they don't know who she is still. Um, ba, 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 ba. Okay, so detective, her name is Joan uh, Fiertner. She's a forensic document examiner, and she is thinks she could remove some of the uh, writing, even though it's deteriorated. She places a book. It's like this fucking newfangled forensic thing. It's a drying cabinet, and hopes the victim's handwriting would appear as the moisture evaporated. And it took. It was so painstaking. It was like one piece of paper every four hours would dry off enough, and she had to use this crazy ruler to like just. To, to turn the pages other ways they would have just disintegrated but she's able to kind of piece some stuff out wow i bet that part of a a job like that is so satisfying so rewarding because it really is like it's a puzzle that actually matters yeah it's like it's not fucking garfield eating a lasagna it's like <laughs> you put these pieces together and you can actually solve a, a cold case you can like you can find solve a the murder person. of a nine-month pregnant fucking yes that's woman. someone's daughter sister somebody it, it sounds amazing yeah um so meanwhile while uh dr fertner is trying to figure out this address book hey let's go over to the detectives in the meantime they are like how do we find out where this barrel came from let's dig into the history of the house first they're like no one's stupid enough to put a fucking barrel with a dead body that they killed in their own fucking house that is stupid so and no one and like sneaking by is gonna just like be like i'm gonna stash this body here so they're like well what about the people so the crawl space had been an add-on so they're like what about maybe the construction workers who had made this crawl space right so they look up the, the details they find out it's it was made in 1980 and so they go find the dude who owned the home in 1980 and he's like no i remember the crawl space wasn't built then i it was built before we moved in i remember seeing that barrel too my kids played hide and seek behind it and shit <sighs> like it, it, it was there before that. And then they realized that the, uh, that the crawl space, uh, permit ha- was misdated and it actually been built way before. Oh. So they look into the owners of the home throughout the years and they find that there are four different owners for the past 30 years. And when they question about the owners, they all mention like, we saw it. We couldn't move it. We ignored it. Can but, I just say one thing? Yeah. Yeah. The person who misdated that permit. Yeah. I want to talk to them. Yeah. You almost Why you fucked mis- this entire thing up. Well, also, wh- did you have something to do with it? Like, that's very <laughs> oh, convenient. That's Just putting it point. out there. So maybe the person who who filed the... Yeah, that's a good point. Um, a murderous government worker. That's right. Of some kind. Or the person who was asking for the permit purposely misstated it. Yeah, because that was back when you could probably like lick your thumb and yeah. rub it on there you make and a six and do an eight pretty yeah. easily You're right like, look mom an a plus exactly. in a subject i'm terrible at <laughs> right that's slightly smudged with yeah. spit don't anyway. worry about it anyway anyway give me a cupcake <laughs> i got a's okay uh but one owner in particular fucking red flag city over here 
His name's Howard Elkins. Uh, our, the, the guy who, the detective who got this case, his name is Detective Robert Edwards. He's like a badass legend. Everyone's like in awe of him. At the time, he's one of the longest serving homicide detectives ever. Mm. So he doesn't get the like fucking jaywalking cases. Like no. this guy is. He's like, bring me the real stuff. Yeah, they're like, great. Here's yeah. this insane thing. Yeah. So he says about this guy, Howard Elkins, he was very tall, good looking, distinguished businessman. Um, he had owned the house from 1959 through 1972. And he had also owned in town a plastics factory called Melrose Plastics. <gasps> Did they s- specialize in tiny, tiny pellets? Let's keep going. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just want to guess. Okay. They, speci- they specialize in beanbag filling. I just wanted, I just want to show I am good at this, even though my to the story I told does not reflect that. Karen is the <laughs> longest serving amateur detective. <laughs> In history. That's right. I've grown my mustache out. Yep. Um, So they're, these fucking smart people are able to trace the numbers. They trace the numbers that are printed on the barrel to the fucking barrel company. Yeah. I guess that's just fucking who, like, who would have thought, like, I'm going to open a barrel company. You know what the thing I've never told you about myself is I'm actually a barrel heiress. (laughs) I don't want people to. Are you a barrel baron? Yep. (laughs) I'm inheriting a barrel fortune. Um, You always need them. Uh Uh-huh. We've got the oil people. And no one thinks to make them because everyone's like making the shit that goes in them. Yeah. Just my genius grandfather. So smart. Was like, what if I'm, you can fill the barrel with whatever you want. Yeah. I'm making the barrel. You have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Start it fucking, start it A. Start it B. I love it. (laughs) Container. Container store. (laughs) That's not a plug. Okay. So this fucking barrel company is like, yeah, dude, we, I know that barrel number. We used to sell barrels to Merrill, to Melrose Plastics in the seventies. <gasps> for sure. What's up? Connected, connected. They also found that the green pigment from the drum was used to dye the concrete and plaster. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's what Melrose Plastics did. Melrose Plastic makes fake flowers. Oh. One of the things that was found in the barrel besides those pellets in the green sludge was the, and you can see a photo of it, the fucking, uh, like leaves from fake flowers. Creepy. Creepy as fuck. They found that the green pigment from the, that was in the drum, that industrial shit, was the dye that the, they used to, to dye the concrete and plaster bases that held the plastic fi- flowers and trees produced at the Elkins workshop. Ew. So that plastic, I think that that those pellets were the plastic that they melted down and turned into the plastic flowers. Got it. So that's like the pre-flower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I think so. Um, in a telephone interview with the New York Times... Uh, Mr. Elkins acknowledged that he had bought the house new in 1957, had lived in it for 15 years before selling and moving to Florida in 1972. And uh, yes, he had built the den off the kitchen that created the crawl space. And had he ever gone in the crawl space? He said, what for? Never been in there. I never went in the crawl space. Mm. Liar. Well, for lots of things, like say uh, you got a raccoon got in there. Right. You want to store your basic shit that you... You murder somebody and you want to hide a body. <laughs> right. There's so, a couple of reasons. And those are the only ones. Uh, days later, so detectives are like, great. They make a trip to Hallandale Beach, Florida, where they track down... This says 80-year-old, but I heard 70-year-old and other things, but who knows? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They track down 80-year-old Melvin Gantman. He's a retired businessman and Elkin's former partner. Uh-oh. They show him a picture of the barrel, and he's like, yeah, that was definitely one of our fucking barrels. <laughs> We use those for Our sure. Our fucking barrels are the best. I know those barrels. <laughs> right. Um, 
they asked him if they had any, if he had any idea about a dead pregnant woman found inside one of them that was found under uh, the Elkins' former Long Island home. And he's like, yo, we used to, we used to uh, make manufacture plastic flowers using young immigrant women as line workers. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. He said, I remember that uh, Elkins had become involved with one of them and had an affair with her way Here back then. we go. That's right. Here it is. He described the girl as exotic and beautiful with long, dark hair. And her two front teeth had been gold or she had gold fillings, but he couldn't remember her name. But all of that fit with the body. And that's the interesting dental work, right? right. The Emmy. Oh, man. Yeah. But they still don't know who she is. And there's no missing persons report from back then either, like of someone fitting that description. Right. So let's go back to fucking Nassau County Crime Lab where Dr. Fertner is fucking working with paper and shit. Yes. Yeah. She detects faint markings on the dry pages, but they're still unreadable. So she uses a video spectral comparator. Right. Forensics. No, I have one. <laughs> it's, it, they're so convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you just have compare, to have one. Yeah, when you need to compare one thing to the other. Every house needs one. Get a spectral version of it. Well, back then it was a new cutting edge machine that allowed her to look through. Now, we use these every day in our everyday lives now, but back in 1999. Wait, are you being sarcastic? Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? How? <laughs> I really do want one now. No, we don't know what they are. <laughs> and it's probably dated as fuck already. You right. Know? Yes, exactly. Uh, she looks through the infrared and ultraviolet ranges of the spectrum outside of the range of the eye that, that blah, 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 blah. Sure. So she scans the It's address. the part on forensic files where everything turns blue. Right. It's I think the it's part on forensic files where everything is dated. Because <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's 1997. Exactly. So she scans the address book pages and is able to detect under this ultraviolet thing the victim's handwriting. <laughs> and on one page, she found the phrase social security number. And on another, she finds the word residencia uh, nombre, which Ooh. she's like, this must be her fucking her. What's it called? Immigration number. Thank you. Is that a thing? Yes. It's, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, good. That's correct. So this lead, leads police to go to, the, to go to immigration and they're able to use her fucking number from 1967 to track down who this person was. Her name is Reina, uh, Reina Marquin. She's 25 years old in 1966 when she immigrated to New York from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. And she had been 27 when she disappeared and, and no one had heard from her again in 1969. Oh. She had worked as a nanny and at Melrose Plastics in Manhattan. Whoa. Yeah. So later, Detective Fertner found, uh, let's see, I'll read that to you in a minute. Okay. So Dr. Fertner also finds they're able to pick up a bunch of phone numbers from the book. And they're like, these. it's been 30 years and these phones are all going to be disconnected. They're all disconnected, all disconnected. And then they call one number. A woman named Kathy picks up. She's asked if she knew Raina and she starts fucking crying. And she's like, my angel, I thought I'd never hear about her again. Oh, I no. knew something had happened to her. Oh, no. Yeah. So she said she had met Raina in an English ca- class and said that Raina had come to the U.S. To, fu- to study fashion. She was obsessed with the fashion industry. She took citizenship classes. She loved New York and uh, was full of life and eagle- eager to learn and make a life in, uh, in the U.S. Mm. Over time, Kathy noticed a f- change in her friend she asked Raina about it and her friend said that she was pregnant but refused to tell Kathy the father's identity but just said that uh, he was married uh, he had gotten her a private doctor she said and an apartment in New Jersey to be closer to him 
she told Kathy that he said he was going to marry her and leave his wife and three children mm-hmm. once she had the baby. Um, but she was, Raina was worried he would never keep his promise. And, uh, finally, when she's fucking nine months pregnant, he's like, I'm not going to marry you. She calls Kathy one day and is like, I'm freaking out. I panicked and I called his wife and told her. Oh no. Yeah. And the next day, uh, Raina calls Kathy in hysterics saying that her, this, mysterious boyfriend had threatened to kill her he called and said to kill her he's coming over she said come over right away when kathy gets to reyna's apartment no one answers the door she goes in the door's ajar there's like food left on the stove warming as if she had just been there and her winter coat and boots had been left behind and kathy waited for hours and hours and eventually just calls the police but of course they dismiss her story and like reina's just run off with her boyfriend get Mm. over it and she doesn't know who the boyfriend is so she doesn't know who to call right kathy never saw her friend again oh my god i know that's so uh, i don't know there's something very satisfying about the fact that 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 Raina's story ends like that dramatically and then picks up that yeah that years and years later where there is it's that thing like there are people sitting there waiting totally to like hear something yeah to be like oh, part of you probably is like i don't want to know because i you know if they haven't called me in 30 years it's not because they just moved on yes it's because something bad happened right her friend would have contacted her right she was like that's so creepy and i awful. know and it's like you know they were both uh they were both el salvadorian so it's like of course the police back then and maybe even now aren't going to take you seriously or care that much about your case right it's really sad yes um so investigators believe that this dude elkins went to reina's new jersey either went to her house and apartment and took her away or lured her to the factory and killed her there um and then they think that he took her body to uh that he so he they probably he probably took her body to his house where the barrel had been found along with the barrel his intention was to dump it in the ocean where he from his boat but when he filled the the drum under the underneath and and sealed it up and shit it was too heavy for him to move to his bo- boat so we just fucking left it there you know what's funny is that i was about to say it's too heavy to put it and then i'm like because now it's coming like the forensic files that i've seen on this is coming back to me right like, as you say each thing it was and 375 pounds right but I want credit for knowing things, even <laughs> where it's like you saw a TV episode on this. It's not you don't know anything. No, no, no. You remember the TV episode. That's fucking you should get props for that, girl. Listen, our brains are deteriorating. <laughs> it's for real. They're just like, it was too heavy, right? Yeah. Yes, Karen, because you saw it on TV already. <laughs> uh, but it is like, w- like, what a fucking it sounds like a Coen Brothers movie yes. that he was like, I'm filling it up and I'm bringing it to the boat. It's too fucking heavy. Yes. What do I do? I live for the next, you know, fucking 15 years. He lives with it under his fucking house where his children live and where his wife oh. is sleeping. Yes. So it's like, clearly you just have no human emotion because you are able to do right. that. Not crack. Not no one catches on. But here's what I want to know is I want to hear from his children who were like, he changed after like, like we remember a change in dad or his wife being like, that's when he started being weird. There was a change. We wanted to move out of that house and he wouldn't move. And we didn't understand why he wanted to stay in the house so bad. It's because, Wait, are those all theories? Or yes, you're saying that's, that's real? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, like, yeah. They stayed in that house for longer than anyone else. And maybe it's because he's like, I can't let anyone else move in here right so he knows the people the next people are going to find it he's probably just 
waiting for someone to fucking find this barrel. He moves to Florida. Here's my, and uh, not to give ideas, but you you build this crawl space, right? Mm-hmm. Basically to hide this, this unmovable, crazy, heavy, badly planned yeah. uh, barrel with a body in it. Why wouldn't you just throw up a fake wall? I mean, why? Fill, in, fill it in with concrete. Yes. Do those things that like the mob does and stuff. So that yeah. it's just not overt. And it's something that gets discovered years and years later, as opposed to like, Oh, I played hide and seek near this barrel. Or it's like, could take the extra step, yeah. pay the extra $200 and have him throw up some paneling. I mean, it's either like a cockiness that he never thought he'd get caught or wanting to get caught. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Or just being just shutting down that part of his brain and being a bl- like just you know not yeah. not dealing with it i know i'm not really even sure what i'm arguing i get it just don't be a, be a better criminal yeah or, i don't know yeah if you're going to go all the way then why not it go just all the way leaving things behind like that is so insane it's almost like he wanted to get caught yeah but that's giving this fucking asshole too much credit true so um but apartment etc on the afternoon of September 9th, 1999, just a week after the discovery of the body, detectives knock on Howard Elkins' home in an F-scale retirement community in Boca Raton, Florida. And they're like, what's up, dude? Here's a photo of this. Here's a photo of that. This is who this is. What the fucking fuck? And he denied he'd ever seen the barrel. When they asked him about his relationship with the victim, he's like, yeah, I did have an affair back then, but I, uh, when my wife and I were having issues, but I don't remember her name and I don't remember what she looks like, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, bullshit. Bullshit. I know. You, know, you remember people. Yeah. Even if you hated the person, you remember. Yeah. If you had an affair with them. Totally. You remember what they look like. Yeah. They press him further and asking if he ever put her up somewhere. If he knew she was pregnant but he claimed he hadn't so he ref- but then they're like can we get a fucking dna swab of your cheek we had we brought it all with us and he's like nope i want a lawyer get the fuck out of my house yeah but before leaving this fucking badass 100 forever detective <laughs> <laughs> the first hundred year detective you know. in, in new york in new york state <laughs> the crypt keeper detective <laughs> Robert Edwards. He's it, like, I'm a fucking redwood tweet tree. <laughs> you can't escape my justice. Count my rings, motherfucker. <laughs> That's his, uh, his like saying. He pulls the gun on someone. Yep. Count my Count rings. Count my rings. And they're like, sorry, what? <laughs> this doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Um, and there he's like, no, I don't, you can't take a sample. But he, before leaving, he's like, he turns to him, looks him straight in the fucking face and goes, I'm going to come back here tomorrow with a warrant for your DNA. We're going to check it against that, uh, dead baby he says yeah and we're gonna prove that you're the father of that baby and that you killed reyna yes and he he says that uh this guy uh he doesn't fucking howard elkins doesn't react of course not at all of course not he's cold as he's a cold-hearted snake Cold. looking to his eyes that's right he's been telling lies <laughs> Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. The next day, they're still in Florida. The detectives, they're processing their paperwork. They get a call from the Nassau County back home homicide squad and they're like, what's going on with Elkins? We just got a, a call from the police department in Florida saying that his wife is filing a missing persons report on her husband. What? Howard Elkins. Uh oh. She doesn't know where he is. He ran. By the time Long Island cops arrive at the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, Elkins had been found earlier in the day. And this is so fucked up. Uh So he's 70 years old at this point. Okay. Uh, He walked into a Walmart 
purchased a 12 gauge shotgun and a box of shells. And cause there's no such thing as fucking background checks or fucking waiting period. He walks the fuck out with both those things. He got in the backseat of a neighbor's SUV, which is such a dick move. Very rude. And fired one shot into his fucking skull. Whoa. His son discovered his body with a gun between his legs. Awful. And uh, the Florida neighbors are, of course, shocked that the big uh, bearded jovial man could have been involved in this crime. Postmortem DNA testing confirms that he was the father of Raina's unborn child. Wow. They're also, they also found with all this paperwork, another, like a little piece of paper tucked into the address book of, you know, her address book that they were able to like fucking, it's so crazy and creepy. They were able to spectrometer. They, they spectrometated the, the, <laughs> this thing, the UV situation. Mm-hmm. So another thing they're able to find as a little postscript in that piece of paper is a piece of paper that when they figure it out, when they post script it says don't be mad i told the truth so she probably told called the wife told the wife what was going on he found out she left him a note somewhere maybe at work maybe (sighs) in his car no maybe oh wait she didn't leave it anywhere she had it still yeah so she was gonna leave it for him she she was going to leave it for him don't be mad i told the truth that poor thing like she did she told the truth that's right so a month after the case is finally closed, they figure everything out. Writer and journalist Oscar Corral, he's determined to find the family that must be fucking looking for her or must have wondered what happened to their sister, their daughter, their cousin back in El Salvador uh, over 30 fucking years before when they stopped hearing from her. Right. So he goes to fucking El Salvador and has to like, it takes some days and days searching to finally find Reina's family. And after a couple days, he locates Reina's 95 year old mother, no. Celia. Oh no. You ready to cry? Yep. Oscar goes and shows the woman a 30 year old photo of Reina and the mother, Celia starts to weep and yep. falls to the fucking ground. Her sister told him that Reina had left El Salvador in August 1966. She wanted a new start after a failed marriage. Quote, she'd tell my mom, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be somebody someday. <sighs> and for three years, Reina uh, Mariquin wrote her family regularly. She called. And uh, then with no explanation in 1969, the letters and calls suddenly stopped. And they'd been heartbroken ever since. Yeah. Her family had put up announcements in the paper in El Salvador trying to track her down. But uh, over the over the years, the family had accepted that they might never, ever know what happened to Reina. <sighs> I know. Her brother had been having reoccurring nightmares about her daughter being trapped inside a barrel. No. <gasps> oh. Her mother, uh, Reina, was flown back to her hometown of San Martin. And her mother said, now I know she's with me. She came flying like a dove back to her home. And uh, Celia died a month later and was buried next to her daughter. Oh, God, she, you're trying to kill me. She fucking held out until yes. she found out what happened. She got to her, her baby. baby back. Yeah. <gasps> and that is the fucking murder of Raina Mariquin. Wow. 
amazing how fucked up is that also what a beautiful thing for that it was a reporter yeah he's really incredible he's in a lot of the videos that um i think he's a writer now i'm pretty sure he wrote a book about the case but he did yeah and i he's in a lot of these uh the videos that you see of like you know forensic files and shit all the, the stories about him and he just has this like empathy right you can tell yeah, you know, he, he cared about. He was emotionally attached to this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is what happens. I mean, how could you, especially that? Everything about that story is f- amazing. Yeah, it's like first you want to you want to put a name to this poor girl who nobody had missed for thirty years, who was uh, pregnant with a baby, and then she finds out she's pregnant, and then you know it's so many fucking layers. I think there's something too about that. Like there's a there's a weird that apathy and that inhumanity of just like this isn't convenient. This is a thing I chose to do. It there's something that came of it that's not convenient for my real life so i'm going to remove this and and therefore everything's fine yeah. because there's part when you were like oh the joke how i can't believe the jovial neighbor where i had a moment of oh that's so sad for him and it's like no 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 you don't get to go through life and just like remove inconvenient mistakes that you made choices that you made you that led to obvious fucking places yes and you and basically that you you did something inconsiderate you did something selfish and then that thing kicked back on you which they always do well that's the thing about why the note is so tragic of don't uh, she didn't do it like you know i don't be mad i told the truth yes and then he you know in a lot of ways lied and one of those lies is murdering the problem yes you know and also he told her he basically made a promise to her of like okay like i love you i love you i want to have this baby i'm gonna leave my wife i'm gonna leave my wife so he's fucking everybody over yeah everybody His, his children everything and then this assumption that you make is like oh there's a body there's a body in a barrel therefore that in and of itself means that that person doesn't matter because they've just been sitting there where it's like no unpack it all investigate it all and find out how much this person actually means yeah i mean that's there's it's so good yeah and it's because like it's it was so sad too that you know this fucking he killed himself so there was no bringing him to justice and so at least you know, this journalist probably part of it was that he wanted to go find her family. There has to be someone who's missing her or who's yes. missed her and he does it. And it's like incredible. He does it. It's like, yeah, that's such an amazing story. Great job. Thank you. So good. Wow. Fucked up. It's so fucked up. I mean, they all are. It's like, I think that's, that's what so much of this people like true crime just like justice and they like to hear these stories of like, it's basically the stories of everybody matters. Yeah. Everybody matters no matter what the actual official quote unquote story is. Totally. And they matter to cops. They matter to these detectives yeah. that dedicate their lives. These reporters right. that dedicate their lives. Right. There's all these scientists. The community, you know. The woman with her beautiful radial spectrometer who's just like <laughs> piecing together. This is it. important. Yeah. Yes. This matters so much. Yeah. It's, it's really lovely. Actually, it is. It is. In its horror. It is. That's part of like, I think being into true crime is like when things get solved you're you know you're there for it you want to like you don't just want to know about these horrible things that happen you want to know how there are good people out there 
you know, trying their best to at least put a period on a horrible sentence that's somehow positive or, you know, human, humane. Yes. And I think that's what's being like, everyone thinks we're just like into serial killers or like into murder, but it's like, no, we're into these insane human fucking stories of crazy adversity that happens all the fucking time to people all around us. It's, it's an incredible story. I want to know the story, not just you know, the bad parts. Not just, yeah, not just the gruesome details, right. but like the, the human stories and who gets pulled into those stories. And, you know, there's people whose jobs it are. It, <laughs> what? There's people whose jobs it is uh-huh. to, um, just you catch the case. And so then that's your, this is your case. Yeah. This is your thing. And like the idea that, you know, the Redwood tree detective goes down and is just like, guess what, friend? <laughs> It's over. Yeah. And I don't care that it's 30, 70, whatever years. Yeah. Like, I don't care that you're old. You, the buck stops here with yeah. you. Time to fucking, time to face your fucking lies. Yep. And you don't get to just lie your way through life. No, you anymore. don't get to be the jovial fucking neighbor because, you know, Raina never had a chance to be a mother to her unborn child. No. No. So it's not how that fucking works. It's not how it works. There is justice sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. 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 Hopefully. Wow. Fucking hooray. Fucking hooray. Wait. I mean, I could do mine easily because I will say this. I complain and, you know, whatever. Uh, 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 I use it as an excuse. So I have this job and so it makes this job harder, whatever. But this, we're, this season, writing on this season of Basket is going to end. I think it's this week or next week. <laughs> I'm still not sure. It's just going on forever. Pretty soon. It's never going to end. It's, but it's such an amazing, the group of people that work on the show are so amazing. It's been such a fun year. It's been such a joy. Everything about it has been the best the best experience. So there, you know, it really has been worth it in so many ways. And then, and also it's been killing me slowly <laughs> and, and just basically, um, kind of peeling away my mental stability. Mm. But, um, I do adore it so much. And it's, At I'm least so grateful. Yeah. yeah. That to be even involved in it is such an honor. So I will say this week's fucking hooray is the fact that I get to be a writer on baskets. It's very cool to me. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, mine is okay. My fucking hooray. Okay. So uh, there's this gal I follow on Instagram called, uh, named Jen Gotch. G-O-T-C-H. She has a podcast called Jen is okay. Jen Gotch is okay sometimes. Um, and she talks a lot about her own mental health struggles as well. She put out those really cute script necklaces that say anxiety and depression that sold out immediately. So I can get one, but, uh, she posted a photo like this week of her hand with, you know, her, uh, her new, uh, med, her new, like, uh, what's it called? Pill? Her new pill for her anxiety. <laughs> right. And talked about it. And I was like, that's really cool. So I posted, you know, gave her credit and posted one, two of my, the pills I take to make me not fucking stay in bed all day, depressed and anxious. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of fucking people have started doing it with the hashtag uh, that was created. Someone made it up called my favorite meds. And so now there's like 200 plus photos and posts that people are putting up on their Instagram of what pharmaceutical they fucking take so that they can function in life, which I know is a really weird topic for a lot of people to talk about. So the fact that there's all these people doing it Mm -hmm. is really incredible. So I go to my favorite meds hashtag. And if you feel so inclined post 
what what you're taking and i know it's like a secret for a lot of people that they're on fucking prozac or they're they need a xanax every now and then but i feel like people posting it and making it public says to everyone else on their feed that they know in real life or on the internet or whatever or went to high school with like this isn't this shouldn't th- there doesn't need to be a stigma behind this right and it's okay it's very and normal yeah, yeah and we all we all need help sometimes yes so for sure i think it's helping in a little way to end the stigma of taking taking fucking pharmaceuticals for everyone's depression and, and everyone's shit and jen gotch did it first yeah she's like she's groundbreaking that's right i definitely gave her credit and yeah yeah i'm she's really cool i'm a big fan of hers that's great yeah that's really so, awesome yeah that's that that you know what that makes me think of is chrissy teigen did the same thing because her new baby needs to wear a helmet to oh, shape his skull i saw that oh, i fucking love her what did she say it was so cute <clears throat> don't worry he's fine yes exactly it's just like it's just to shape to shape his skull it's gonna make him even cuter and then it was just like the, and then it's all these people being like yep look how cute my baby yeah. looks with this on where it's I, it, there's something very cool happening with it. There's obviously social media brings a lot of horror. It, it can harm. It can um, influence us in ways and make us think very strange things mm-hmm. about ourselves. It also has that power, a very healing power and a unifying power. That's right. And it's I think cool. there's a big move of like anti, an anti-shaming thing going on right now where yeah. it's like body positivity and like you know i see these incredible these incredible gals who don't have the fucking typical bodies posting these incredible bikini photos of themselves that you're like this needs to be normal and the more the more you post them the more you feel normal about yourself whether it's because you need meds or because you don't have a fucking you don't weigh 105 pounds because which is not normal at all right it's not normal because your kidney's a helmet like the people that look like that and the presentation of it is like it's because i eat i'm vegan and i'm this and i'm that it's like if those people were actually honest about how they stay that skinny it would be a very different story yeah and and that happens sometimes when people like all those women who are so emaciated in the 90s Courtney Thorne Smith came out with like that whole story of she was like we on Ally McBeal we all worked out four hours a day Jesus they they were never not working out they were never not starving themselves it's like it there's that's the story you never hear on that side of like just a really I'm just this really healthy actress that loves spinning I love a burger that definitely happens all the time there's people who are like blessed with that but it's not that common yeah as an ex-anorexic I can say that it's not you make you say this and you say that but it's not fucking true you just are not eating and you're not enjoying life and you're hurting yourself yeah i know it's uh you know what the whole movement is very cool thing of just like being yourself is good right now like right now and just give give yourself a break whatever direction you are yeah and however whatever area you're in give yourself a break yeah a good that's a good message yeah and you're not alone there's other people either going through it that have gone through it it's not reach out and be vulnerable and you might get that back from someone else you will get that back from someone else yeah out there it might not be everyone some people might reject it but the don't people look you, for it from everyone right but the people you do find that from you're going to make connections with them that are life long life changing yeah. life affirming uh, like for example you and i so, yeah it's perfect we did it we did it, it we're, we're working on it yeah <laughs> life's a struggle but it's real fun <laughs> you know what it is it's just like the goal should be that you 
are comfortable and happy yeah. instead of perfect because perfect doesn't exist. It's just this. It's and perfect this, is boring. It's just, it does. It's not real yeah. though. It's not real because the people we think are perfect are suffering in some way or something else is happening. Or like you wouldn't want You really wouldn't want their lie. Right. It's just, that's a weird oasis lie that like keeps you on that hook where it's like, no, no, it, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Yeah. I'm saying this absolutely to myself. <laughs> Come on. Um, what about right now is fine. Thanks for listening, you guys. We, as always, appreciate you and and are so happy to be part of this community. We're so happy to be uh, allowed to barf all this dumb shit mm, at you. Truly. <laughs> it's really nice. Thank you for holding our hair back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we barf all this. That's what you guys are doing. You really do hold our hair every week, and we really appreciate <laughs> the, just listening to us wretch. Um, so guess what? Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want cookie? <laughs>